Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. What up, digital agency owners, podcast listeners? Welcome to another great episode of the Digital Agency Show. We've got Andrew Dembski here. He's the co-founder of an inbound marketing agency called Guava Box, as well as a co-founder of an inbound marketing uh, project management process and team uh, system, software as a service business called Do Inbound, which I've had the pleasure of getting a run through and uh, seeing how that whole thing works. And it's really exciting if that's one of the problems that you have in your business is managing projects or processes and um, getting those documented and your team to follow those things. And so Andrew has a, a really great breadth of experience in both running an agency as well as building a software platform for agency owners. And he also calls himself a coffee aficionado and avid outdoorsman who loves comforts and challenges. So that's a great uh, mix there, and uh, he's definitely somebody that enjoys business and entrepreneurship. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Brian. Excited to be here. So how, uh, I was going to ask you how you got your start, but I'm actually more interested in why uh, you got your start in this industry in the beginning. Like, What was the thing that made you say, yes, this is what I want to do with my life? Yeah, that's a great question. And it came from a point in life where you really don't have any idea what you want to do, and that's college. Coming right out of college, my roommate and I, we roomed together for three years, played at the same fraternity, lacrosse team together, just best friends. And we knew pretty early on that you know we were both business majors, and we wanted to be in business together, but weren't really sure really any idea what that business would look like. So we we got to this point senior year where we said, well, we got to make a decision here pretty quick because they're going to kick us out of here soon. So we both were involved in the leadership of our club lacrosse team. So we did on the field stuff, obviously, but we were also in charge of kind of the off the field business operations of what it takes to run a team and put a budget together and build a marketing plan and, and engage alumni, engage national media. And so we'd made great strides in that program. Um, Gray was on like the web design side. I was more on like the PR and the social media marketing side of things and had built something cool. And we said, well, hey, this was fun. We've got a good test case here. Like we could go work with different businesses and help them do the exact same thing. So we're able to, to close our first client while we were in college. And then after college, we, we got Guava Box, our uh, marketing agency up and off the ground, just as a basic WordPress web design agency, social media marketing, digital handyman, whatever you need us to do, <laughs> give us a call. You got a checkbook, we'll do it for you. So that's how we got started. Didn't really, never really grew up thinking, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go become a digital agency owner. That's what I want to do. <laughs> so I'm curious, was it, uh, was that first client that you had in college, like the, the was that a bridge for you or was there um, maybe talk to me about like those early days of money and how you make that runway happen. Uh, was it just, you had this client you got before college and then that gave you what you needed to survive for those first few months? Did you guys take funding? Did you, how, how did you afford to start the business, um, outside of college? Yeah, it was no funding. It was bootstrapped the whole way. The way that we did it was, um, there was four of us in the business at the time. There was Gray and I who were seniors. We were going out and doing it. Um, and then there was two sophomores rising juniors 
who were also on our team. So what we did is obviously the juniors, they got to go back to school. They're still going to be there. They would do some nights and weekends stuff, helping us out. Gray went in and did a full-time right away. I went and got a job at a PR firm and worked there for nine months before making the jump. But that first client was, I mean, it validated things early. It was not a great client agency fit at all. He, like I said, digital yes men, like wanted so many things done that didn't make any sense, but we had to, we just said yes because he was paying us. And we had, <laughs> we had no framework or no structure in mind of like strategically, who are we trying to work with? Like what's our product offering? So we were just learning while we were going, learning on the job, which is just a, a very scary place to be when you're getting paid to do something that you've got a rough idea of how to do it, but you've never actually done it before and you don't really know where it's going to go. Um, but that, I mean, that first 12 to 18 months, was just a massive learning experience, soaking in so much, like working crazy hours, just trying to figure out what's the type of business that we want to build. Um, and so that first client kind of got us up and off the ground and showed us what worked well and what didn't work well. And then we were able to start putting processes into place and just kind of began moving up the ladder with larger and larger clients once we had you know, some examples to show them. You said there was four of you in the business. Were you all four partners or were you and Gray the, the partners and the other two guys were just worker bees? Yeah, we were all partners. Um, wow. Are you still? There's no. Now at this point, it's just Gray and I. Um, so if we could do it over again, we would <laughs> probably Fewer just, partners. <laughs> yeah. It's really, I mean, we had, we had like varying equity stakes based on like time commitment that we were going to put into it and everything. But it's, that was that was a major learning lesson is like you come in with too many partners and I mean, we made the mistake twice actually with the second company as well. And just the way it's boiled out, it's just kind of ended up being gray and I at the end of it on both of them. Um, and fortunately like we, we went into business as friends and that I know that doesn't bode well for a lot of people, but I mean, we've been blessed that even former business partners are still good friends and just, we just came to a point where it just wasn't working anymore. Um, but that, I mean, that's, that takes a lot of time, takes a lot of energy. It can kind of drain you in those points where there's tension on the team and things just, you know, at the end of the day, decisions need to be made. And the fewer decision makers there are, I mean, obviously you want to consult everybody, but the fewer, the fewer owners there are, decision makers there are, I feel like the better you can just get, get the ball moving a lot faster in that situation. Was there a time that you felt like you guys had made it as an agency or that you had not everything figured out, but more things figured out than not and things were cruising along? Um, I say to a degree for sure, like definitely more than it was at the beginning. Like you, we got to a point where we went through kind of the web design thing. We had a content marketing background. That's like where I first got exposed to this space was at Grove City College. We there was 12 students in the very first internet content marketing class and we would read HubSpot's blog as like homework assignments in that class and <laughs> just really kind of wrapped our ideas around this idea of like creating content to attract customers. So when we went into the marketplace, that was our goal is, you know, hey, we want to help people teach their customers, be helpful to their customers because that works. And we saw that work through the lacrosse team, just like creating content that was engaging to uh, the alumni base, creating content that was received by the national lacrosse media. Uh, so we want to take that model into businesses. But what we found was if we positioned it as purely websites, no one was really taking that. They they wanted the website as like a standalone thing. Um, so what, that's when we made the jump 
in kind of got on the inbound marketing bandwagon, joined up with HubSpot and their partner program and all that that entails. And so we made that shift probably 18 months into the business. So, you know, four years into that, we had a we had a very tight process in place. We knew what we were doing. Uh, we were doing a lot of HubSpot COS design at that point and really felt like we were Kind of hit, kind of hitting our stride within the agency, and ironically, that's right around the time where we where we started shifting and putting our primary focus on Do Inbound, mm. which is our software company that services inbound agencies. So I'd say yes, we did get to that point of confidence. Not like I know everything, and this is just I could do the job with my hands tied behind my back. But I think you get to that point where you're on a sales call and you're you're just so much more confident than you used to be because you know what you're offering works. And you almost know like where the prospect is at before they even share it because you've been in that seat so many times. So I think it's just like it's getting those your 10,000 hours or going out there and just taking enough. I mean, I was a goalie. So you get enough shots in goal. Eventually, you start stopping a few. And that's <laughs> kind of the feeling that I got um, with the agency is you, you're out there long enough. You do begin to learn and you begin to have a kind of a tighter grasp on the, the subject matter and you feel like you're getting closer to that mastery level. I want to definitely talk about do inbound a little bit. Can you give us the, you know, 15, 20 seconds of what that is? And then I, I want to get back to kind of why you guys decided to uh, go that direction. Yeah. I mean, do inbound is process and project management for digital agencies. And so the reason that we started this started back at Guava Box in this pain where we had just made the jump into this retainer model. We're maybe six months into it. And we had been we've been able to go out and sell 12 month content retainers to three different companies. And that our whole focus was just on the sales process and getting those people to sign up because we just thought, hey, if we get these retainers, you know, life is set. That's steady cash flow. We know what's coming. But what we totally missed in all of that was that once you sell something, you actually have to deliver it. No. And, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so when you looking back now, it's like, what the heck were we thinking? Like it was, it's such a simple thing. But when you're all you're focusing on is like keeping the money coming in, and you're trying to get the agency up and going, like, and you're cash flowing everything, it's a big deal. And but once we got these new clients on here, we're like still working with additional prospects, trying to grow it. Um, I'm a Gray and I are both huge E Myth fans. Uh, we're both now huge traction fans. So this idea of business process has always played a big part in kind of our vision. But it was at this point with a couple clients on board where we're trying to figure out how do we pull, extract these processes out of our heads? Because I don't want to be scheduling tweets for the rest of my life. And I don't want to be writing client content for the rest of my life. I want to pull myself up, be more at the strategic level and kind of guide this ship where we want to go. And if we want to grow a team, we've got to have a system that they can execute and processes that they can follow. So I went out there and I think I was looking, I'm, I mean, I tested out a hundred different project management tools and I couldn't tell you at that time what I was looking for. I just knew that everything I looked at didn't have it. And that was one big mistake was not stepping back and defining first, you know, what is the system I'm trying to build? And then how can I leverage these different tools to implement that system? Hmm. And, and so the idea behind do inbound was, can we give people the framework, give them kind of a starting system to operate off of, how like a, a structure to break down the work that agencies do, which is very creative and very free-flowing, but can we bring some sort of structure and repeatable systems to that so that the owners can kind of pull themselves out of the delivery, but make sure that 
there's consistency in the delivery that their their team of contractors is doing or their team of employees is doing. And so that's where this idea of processes mixed with project management came in. And it's been a, a three-year journey since then with our initial version and then working with hundreds of agencies to hone it down and really figure out like, how do we how do we mesh these two things together and give folks a framework that they can implement and then customize to help them hit the ground running a little bit faster than they would just opening up a blank project management software with no structure in it at all. Now, I mean, a lot of people would go through that process of wanting to create themselves a better process for running their business. You mentioned Emith, you mentioned traction, and you know, proven process. And, you know, documenting your process and getting that stuff um, followed by all in your company are really main pillars of those books and platforms. That's great, but I feel like there's this jump of going, okay, we're trying to make better processes for our business. Uh, Let's go ahead and make our own software platform. Like That seems (laughs) like the longest distance to actually you guys just delivering great processes for your clients. Like why did you feel it necessary to build your own software platform? And then ultimately I think that's even, even taking you guys completely away from the agency business. So it's not like this was a, we just want to improve this for our customers. This, this was something else that was like gnawing at you guys. So, so why, why build your own platform and, and what was, what was the pull away from actually running an agency? Yeah, great question. And I think we processed it kind of in two phases. The first phase of it was like right when we were exploring the idea, we'd be like, wow, this would be a really cool new venture to try out. Like the SaaS space is just getting, I mean, it's been around, but it's just really gaining momentum at that point. And it could be a cool learning experience. And we'll start it as a side gig and just kind of see what happens here. And, you know, through the research process, I had talked with dozens of other agency owners through primarily the HubSpot network and just validated the pain over and over again with those other people. And so just the entrepreneur side of me is like, well, hey, if I'm feeling this way and all these other people are feeling this way, there's an opportunity here. And the the so that kind of got us said like, yeah, let's try this out. Let's see where it goes. We had a, a technical co-founder in there at the time who started working on version 1.0 of the software pretty early. And then we were able to sell that and get people in and collect feedback like <laughs> way too early in the process, um, but with, that shaped the vision of the product from the beginning. So that's kind of the idea is like, let's just start this on the side and see where it goes. But then as time went by, we just, it became more and more apparent that you cannot um, serve two masters, like you're going to love one and despise the other. So we had to come to this point where if we really want one of these businesses to take off and be like crazy successful, we've got to put our full focus and attention and momentum behind it. And so we analyzed our life goals, Gray and I, saying, okay, where do we want to go? What kind of a business do we want to build? And the reason that we chose the SaaS model over the agency model was because we want to, first of all, we want to impact as many as many people as we possibly can, blessing them through the work that we do. So if we're going to give if, give our lives the best hours of our day to something, I want to make sure it's something that helps people out and helps them hit their goals. But we also want to spend a lot of time with our families, have the flexibility to volunteer and coach, do different things like that, and kind of have that um, the lifestyle side of the equation. So when we put it all down on the whiteboard, we realized that to really help as many people as possible while maintaining the more lifestyle flexibility, the SaaS model gave us a greater value lever than the agency did because 
your rate limiting factor there is how big of a team can you manage or are you willing to manage? Because if you want to service 50 clients, you've got to have a team to execute that unless you go like really crazy productized. Um, so that was our, that was the question that we asked. And after we ran it all down, do inbound was the answer. And so that's probably two years ago. We started ramping down the agency and started putting more, just just investing a ton of money from the agency into do inbound and kind of making that that focus shift. It's it's paid off really well so far. Just kind of the do inbound's been able to take off since then because it has our full focus and attention. We're not kind of pulled in in conflicting directions. You said like you know how successful the agency could be is a, a limit on people, and that that somehow what well, I kind of heard from you and correct me if I'm wrong, but that somehow can potentially impact what you're the lifestyle that you're able to create. Cause I mean, I'm making an assumption here, but if you have, you know, 30 people all billing hours for various custom or semi custom work, there's a complexity to that. And that complexity creates stress or lifestyle limitations. Is that kind of what I, what you're saying here? Yeah. Yeah. You got it. And there's another layer on top of it where it's, it comes to the value that you create and you deliver. If you, and there's nothing wrong with this, if this is your model and you want to go with it, it's fantastic. You can, you create value for one client and you deliver it to them. And I mean, without processes, that's the only time you're going to be able to kind of gain from that. But if you can document that and repeat it, you might be able to deliver that to several other clients. The the on the uh, software side, by contributing to one central code base, by improving the product for one person, solving their bug, adding their feature, that's now something that blesses everybody, that everyone has access to that, that now right away. So that was a really cool feature to it. And then the team size was the complexities that come with it, the client fires that come with it. You know, The bigger you go, the more complex things get, the more intricate your systems get. And so just the more time and attention that that requires, especially in the kind of the ongoing inbound delivery retainer model that we, de- we definitely saw the writing on the wall there. So that was, that's kind of what influenced our decision and, and pulled us in the direction of the SaaS company. Um, not that grass is always greener on the other side. There's definitely problems there and there's things that keep you up at night over there too, for sure. <laughs> um, but that's what kind of influenced our decision. The streets are littered with failed software companies, probably just as many uh, as failed agencies. I mean, I don't, I don't know <laughs> stats. I'm not quoting anything uh, hard science here. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, this program is not called hard science. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I guess with a service model, just in thinking about my own experience of maybe what's appealing to that is, and in, in you guys experienced this, is that your time to revenue and time to profitability was really, really short because you literally got a client coming out of college and you're like, cool, I can create a business. And then with the software side, there's probably a little bit longer of a runway, more investment that has to be made up front and a little bit more uncertainty as if it's going to pay off at all. But I mean, once you actually do hit that critical uh, inflection point or, or whatever, where your user base or your subscriptions is greater than your costs, uh, there is probably a little bit more of a financial peace of mind or some, you know, you don't have to be like, you know, chasing every next client to, to win that. But I mean, I think that there's, there's just a lot longer for people if they're going to go that, that type of a model. And in my 
thoughts. I mean, even some some level of uncertainty. If you spend three or four or six months building an app, and then mm-hmm. nobody, is anyone w- use nobody wants to buy it, then you're in a, a little bit of a bind. So, so you guys basically leverage your agency to give you that runway to kind of feed the gap uh, of, of software development. And I mean, the other thing I'd say is that I have talked to so many agencies that did the side project and it almost destroyed their business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I mean, you've told us a little bit about how you guys made that work. And I love, I love your, your quote of, you know, serving two masters, love one, despise the other, because I think that that, if you, I mean, we did it at our agency, so I'm not like talking here from, from lack of experience. Uh, we created some training and information products and uh, template products. And, you know, it, it was difficult in our huddles to have team members kind of shift between mindsets of completely different customer bases. It was like a service model of we're managing projects, managing hours, and and that kind of stuff. It's just a very different model than a product-based one. And and not a lot of companies make those work simultaneously. There there are a couple. Um, but what were, I mean, tactically at the team level, when you were serving two masters, if you're an agency out there that wants to serve two masters or has something <laughs> else that you really are passionate about that you want to use your agency as a stepping stone to, uh, tactically, how did you guys manage that at a team level? Like how many people were working at your agency and how many of them did you start to put over onto your software product? And it was, was it, you know, full-time team members? Was it just a percentage of their time? Did you guys manage it like a client services project? How, how did you make that logistically work within the business? Yeah, really good questions. The way that our agency was structured was we had a core team of full-time, um, full-time employees, but they were structured as contractors. And then our, a lot of our delivery was freelancers. And so the way that we transition things is for until the point where we said do inbound is going to be the direction. It was primarily just Gray and I on the Guava Box side would we'd have um, you know weekly calls with our technical co-founder who was just kind of coding away by himself, building things up. We would handle support. We would handle marketing. Um, our podcast Inbound Agency Journey got started in that season, so we'd be recording interviews with other agency owners while we're still running the agency full time and everything. So it was seriously a side thing that just pulled at my attention and Gray's attention while the whole team was devoted to serving uh, the Guava Box customer base. But when we made the decision that, hey, this is, we're going to shift, that's when we began to transition our core team, which at that point was one head of client servicing, one head of sales, pull them, um, pull the head of sales and just start really pushing the software side on do inbound and then head of client services would be kind of spreading time between the two. Um, and that, that window there of kind of one foot on the dock, one foot on the boat, that was maybe a month. And that's when we kind of said, Hey, we really have to make a decision. So the salesperson jumped fully onto do inbound, the head of client servicing stayed over at Guava box. We made kind of a clean cut there. And then probably for the next year, gray and I had one foot in each in each side of the business, uh, while we were funding essentially that startup mode, um, supporting the do inbound side of things, and kind of through that whole season, we we lost our technical co-founder, which was really stressful, um, because you know I don't know anything about developing <laughs> a software application. Um, I can market it, I can talk to other people, I can sell it, but when it comes to actually developing it, 
there's a huge learning curve there. And so through this experience, it's probably one of the most stressful times of our lives uh, was just trying to figure out, did we make the right decision here? Because, you know, the company, like I said, we just got to that point where it's like, wow, things are really moving. Um, we're making more money now than we've ever been making. And now you decide to make this jump. It felt like going back to that dorm room and being back in that place where you're just getting started once again. Um, but it's kind of through that whole journey, we were able to find our current CTO and he started just as a, uh, just as a contractor, worked with him for three months and with a little test projects, validated that he was a good communicator. He was really good at development, but that was like the third contractor that we'd work with kind of going through this experience. So all that time, Gray and I are doing both the do inbound side of things and servicing on the agency side, still working with our head of client services, working with our network of um, content creators, designers, developers, stuff like that on the Guava Box side. And then once we brought that new CTO in and then continued to invest in the product team over at do inbound, that's when do inbound was able to kind of get its feet set and really have a product that, you know, you could sell the idea of it, but then also the, the feature set was there to deliver on that idea. And once we hit that and we had the product team in place, we said, okay, this is really doable. Now we've got a team, we've got like a five member product team in place. We know the process of software development a lot better than we did a year ago. So we've got kind of the operational side of this thing figured out as well. Um, just a ton of learning there and a ton of, um, a ton of going back and forth between the two, which is really stressful. Um, but at this point right now, we're Gray and I are pretty much fully on um, at Do Inbound. We've still got a few little projects going on over at Guava Box, but it's more of like uh, as we want to do things rather than we need to do this to keep the to keep the the lights on. Um, so that's it's a good place to be right now. But it's uh, to be honest, it's really stressful doing two things at the exact same time, and especially that jump period, unless you bring in funding or you've got you've got the cash flow at the agency to really buy yourself several months, um, of runway. You know, it's, there's a lot of hard decisions to be made there. Um, but I think going back to the beginning, just saying like, what, what do I want to build and which, which channel here is going to help me achieve that goal? If you don't have that conversation with yourself and, and really do things for that reason, I think it's going to be even more overwhelming because you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. I feel like you guys took a very measured and progressive, you know, uh, approach to going from one thing to the other. I, I've always been kind of more of a, uh, a burn the boats to take the island kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, so I, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't do well with the uh, the two masters for a extended period of time. I think that's something that I at least know about myself, and, and also. I've seen agencies that try that approach because, you know, I feel like as an entrepreneur, you're, you're pa- it's not like you, you're passionate about one thing. I mean, maybe there's, there's those people out there that are just so mono passion that that's, that's that and they can just stay focused for like a decade. Um, but I found that at least in my world, my, my passions and interests change and evolve and sometimes you're not you know you have maybe these two things and maybe one day you're super passionate about one and the other day you're like well maybe there's some hope here was there ever a time where you guys in this in that progression where you said maybe the software is not a good idea maybe we should kind of come back to to guava box and and just do that like maybe we were thinking about this wrong and the software is a distraction yeah oh tons of times specifically in that season where we were trying to find 
the replacement CTO when our co-founder left and took a job somewhere else. That was like a gut check moment because we'd already gone all in on it. Like we redistributed our team. Um, we had slowed our pipeline way down to Guava Box and just said no to so many projects, past prospects to other agencies that we were working with. So it's like, holy crap, we're we're in this thing now. Like, what do we do now? And then you just got to, I mean, it's like stepping out in faith. You just have to go out there and work it. And and we believed enough in the product and we had enough success stories with agencies based on our training and people really liked the structure that we were going for inside of the tools. We're like, this has been validated enough times. Um, to be honest, I don't think we would we would have stayed there if we had not gone through the validation period. You know, this that first year and a half or two years where we were still focused on Guava Box, but building the company and onboarding customers. Because in the SaaS space, if you can't sell it, you shouldn't spend a lot of time building it. Like you've got to go out there and validate the idea, have a minimum viable product, obviously, but you've got to get in there and prove that people are going to buy this thing. Otherwise, like you said earlier, like you can just waste so much time building crap that no one is interested in. Um, but we knew that people were interested in it. We just knew that the the thing that needs to fall into place here is getting this product team in place and getting everyone up and running so that we can actually grow like a software company and stop um, putting so much on just the marketing and sales side of things. But yeah, there were a lot of moments where we kind of double, like second guessed ourselves or thought about switching back. But you know, there was always that that light and that hope that like, hey, people are people are buying buying this right now. They're buying into the story. They understand what we're trying to do and they're supporting us along the way. So we just kept going from there and it's, yeah, it's been working out so far. And, and I know you're still taking on some work on Grove Box, but how, how does it feel right now in this moment to have that most of that transition complete for yourself? Yeah, it feels really liberating um, because we were able to do the whole thing bootstrapped. Um, and that was another gut check moment. It's like, do we go out and get funding for this? Because that would make life a whole lot easier right now. <laughs> if we just knew, okay, there's there's eight months or there's 12 months of runway right here. And you can go and build the product team that you need. You can build the support team that you need. Um, but at the end of the day, you, what do you give up for that? You're going to give up an element of control. You're going to give up an element that uh, over the size of the business, the way it's going to be. Because if someone's investing money into you, they want to get something back on it, obviously. So that kind of goes back to the the question that started the whole transition is what is the type of business that I'm trying to build and what are my goals as an owner in this? So that was the reason that we kept bootstrapping it, kept working at it like that. And it's it's really it feels really cool to be here at this point where um, the things are we're making progress. We're continuing to grow. The product's getting better and better every day. And, you know, I can, I can sit here now like three years in and, and stack our feature set up against a teamwork, a base camp, a Reich and Asana, these huge companies out there and say, yeah, you know, we've, we can do the, some of the same things that they're doing and you can bring, you can transfer your processes with confidence from one platform into ours. And we've got the system and the structure to, to handle that. And that feels really good. Um, and it feels really good also to have this, um, to have the team build over here and understand kind of this, how you develop software and how that team works and everything. So it's been, it's been a, an intense journey so far, but really, really cool as well. And it's neat to work. I mean, you know, you know, this coming from an agency yourself and now working with other agency owners, 
it's really, really validating to help people kind of hit those aha moments. And because the barrier entry to get into a digital agency is so short and so small. But I think once you get in there, you realize how much you don't know and how much <laughs> there, how much to life in the agency realm that there is. So being it, here and it, being it's able like to the, help people. The, the water is warm, but the pool gets <laughs> deep really, really quickly. You know, Amen, like, you're man. like, come on in. It's really warm and nice in here. And then you're like, oh, I'm drowning. But, you know, that's, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still paddling. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can have an agency. Not everybody can keep an agency. So yeah. That's, uh, so, exactly. So do inbound your platform that you guys have developed. Um, when I, when you guys showed this to me, I was like, Oh, this is, this is bigger than just inbound marketing. Uh, cause I know, and I know that was the Genesis for you guys of doing it was you were an inbound marketing company and you wanted to find the perfect platform to manage your, uh, inbound marketing campaigns. And so I think like all good agency owners, you thought to yourself, well, maybe we should just build our own platform. You know, I think there's so many people have that thought you guys actually executed on it and executed on it brilliantly. And you have this really, really cool platform now. But I think I probably made the same comment that you guys have heard at least a few times, which is that this is this is bigger than inbound marketing. This is more of a, I don't know if you'd go as far as saying, I mean, a project or just a general process management platform, which you don't want to be everything to all people. But how is that sitting with you guys now that you have this piece of software and you're seeing some customers that aren't inbound marketing companies use the platform? Is that changing the shape of what you guys see for the future of your business? Yeah, I think it's more from a marketing and a branding perspective than it is from a, a roadmap perspective. Um, because like, it's definitely applicable to agencies. We've got auto dealer agencies on there. We've got storytelling agencies, branding agencies on there, um, PPC, SEO primary agencies on there. The beef of our customer base is still the inbound agency community because that's where we come from. And so I think like any good marketer, when we were starting out, we said, you know, how can we focus on a very specific group of people and understand them really well and solve their problem and kind of be their cheerleader? And so we went out to do that for the inbound agency community. And I think what we realized is while doing that, we were able to solve the problem of a kind of a bigger group of people who sit under the same umbrella. So the we're, we're going through the process right now of figuring out how do we expand this? To, to kind of tell the story to a broader group of people that, you know, hey, we can we can help solve some of the problems and the frustrations that you're going through right now uh, without being every, anything to anybody. Because, I mean, the agency space, for sure, you don't want to be that kind of an agency um, because you just kind of, you dilute everything and you miss that, that kind of deep connection that you can have with your customers if you focus on getting to know them really well. So we're in the, pro- the early stages right now of figuring out how do we kind of pull ourselves upstream one level and say, hey, for digital agencies, for uh, marketing agencies, how do we um, kind of fit that messaging to that broader group of people? Because the system, the system is true, and you could re- you could honestly apply it to really any business structure because it's the same idea that comes out of emyth or comes out of traction, where you want to take the processes that power your business, break big things down into smaller pieces. So for us, we first break it down into campaigns, then campaigns go into deliverables, deliverables go into tasks. So in, in kind of a series of three clicks, you go from like 50,000 feet to five feet and you're down in the weeds right away. Well, that structure, you can apply that to an agency or you could apply it to a manufacturing company or a plumber's business. Like you could do it for anything. Um, but we want to focus on the agencies and just the creative process. There's a huge part of the feature set that's just like there to help that, that realm of things. So 
yeah, we're going through that process to try to figure out how do we help out more people because the the bones are definitely there and there's definitely people using it right now and finding success with it. Very cool. Are you ready for lightning round? Let's do it, man. All right. What's the best advice you've ever received? Focus on building out. Uh, the best business advice, I would say, is focus on your processes. Take a step back out of the business. Work on the business. Because for the first two years of Guava Box, I feel like we never did that. And we got so wrapped up in delivery and executing and like getting overwhelmed that we never thought about what we're building. Um, I think like the broader piece of advice is just treat others the way that you want to be treated. Um, we just try to treat our, our team that way, our customers that way, obviously our family that way. Um, and things just seem to work out that way when you, when you run your company that way. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Mm, Probably being homeschooled and, both Gray and I grew up being homeschooled, and what that teaches you to do early on is you got to be a self-starter. You've got to be self in the work, and those three things are three major ingredients to getting a business up and off the ground. Specifically, if you're bootstrapping it, you got to go out there and learn a lot of new skills. You got to try things out. You got to kind of grind it late at night, um, and I learned that early on, so that's been really helpful. Can you share an internet resource, uh, a tool that you use regularly besides your own product uh, that you can share with our listeners or you think that they'd be, uh, that would be a value to them? Yeah. Um, well, I, like we use Slack every single day, so I feel like that's kind of a scapegoat. Um, but we just started using a video app called Helpful. And shout out to Gray. He found this. He's like our tool whiz operations guru. Um, but Helpful, it's like Snapchat for business. Where, but only like with your internal team. So like our daily standups, instead of running them through a Slack bot, we've been running them through Helpful, and it's really cool. Our team's global, so uh, we're always trying to find ways to to tighten the connection that we have as a team. And video is a really cool way to do that. So I think they got a cap of like 24 seconds on a video, but you just instead of typing up a question, you just shoot a video question, or you just kind of shoot your video check in and share it with everybody. So yeah, it's it's called Helpful. So you guys do your standups asynchronously? Is that what I just kind of heard? Like you do, people just send in their video update and that's that? Um, yeah, the kind of the daily check-ins are that way. We've got our weekly standup where we're all in the meeting at the same time on Skype together. But just the daily, what did I do yesterday? What am I doing today? Do I need anything? Am I hitting any blockers? We're running that based on when people get up and start working. And how long do they have for that? 24 seconds? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's two or three videos, but you can do little stories in there. So that's, cool. oh, that's cool. That's cool. I love I love that those daily check-ins are are kind of asynchronous. So it's just based on like if I if I pulled a really late night last night working till three o'clock in the morning and I just am I'm not gonna make like a a set time huddle when mm-hmm. I start work for the day I can do my check-in. Yeah, exactly. And we've got some of our product team is in Ukraine. Um our CTOs in um, Indonesia, our designers in India, our sales and marketing team is here in the U.S. So there's someone working all day long. So to have we have one standing meeting on Tuesdays where we're all on um, Skype at the same time, and we have our our kind of weekly um, planning meeting at that point. But other than that, we're on Slack or we're using Helpful to to stay in touch. And it's been a really cool little tool. We've only been using it for like a week or two now. Um, 
but it's just great to hear people's voices, see their faces more than once a week. And it's, it's been done really cool things for our team chemistry. Sweet. What book would you recommend and why? A uh, business book would be traction because it takes at the end when you, when you're done reading it, it is simple and you're like, I should have thought of that, but it's, <laughs> and I think that we both know as entrepreneurs that you want to make things simple, but when you, <laughs> when it goes to actually creating something that's simple, it's a lot harder than it looks. Um, so I really like the simplicity of the framework and how, um, they take you to big picture. Um, but then he also brings you back like every six months to your organizational check-in and just saying, you know, remember why you're doing this. What are these, the top 25 things, just kind of getting that health grade on your business. Um, we've really enjoyed going through the EOS. We've been doing it for about a year and a half now. And so we, we preach it from the hills on our podcast and our, to our customer base and our training courses and everything. Um, I would definitely check that one out. And then 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall is another really good one. Um, just teaches you to double down on what's working well and kind of do the uh, – the Pareto principle analysis on your business and figure out where you should be focusing more of your time and energy. It's another good one. How can our audience find out more about you? And uh, do you have anything that they can uh, check out? Yeah. Uh, doinbound.com. Uh, you can head over there, find out all about us. And for you guys specifically, if you want to head over to doinbound.com slash you gurus on that page, we've got a bundle of resources put together, um, put together kind of our top four most downloaded eBooks on that page plus some process templates uh, that can help you start documenting the, the work that you guys do. So it's just a special shout out to you guys here and thanks for having me on. And it's uh, you, one, one download instead of surfing around the whole learning center and pulling out everything you want. So Cool. Well, we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today on the Digital Agency Show. Uh, I just, I loved hearing your story and I think what you guys are doing at Do Inbound uh, is really great. And I, I uh, wish you guys the best of luck with your platform and uh, with uh, serving only one master in your business. That's definitely uh, the takeaway that I'm sure a lot of folks will have today is how many masters am I serving in this business and how do <laughs> I consolidate that? But uh, I'm sure you guys are going to rock this out. I think you guys have a great company and uh, congrats on that. Thank you so much, Brent. It's been awesome being here. Thanks for the work that you guys are doing. The content that you guys crank out is awesome. Um, and just thank you for what you're doing for the community. It's great. Keep it up. Thanks. All right, guys. Until next episode, I'm Brent Weaver.